open the Word of God to Romans chapter 11, beginning at 33. And when you find your place in Romans chapter 11, beginning at verse 33, please stand with me in the reverence to this God. Oh, the depth of the riches both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgments and unfathomable His ways. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, or who hath became His counselor? Or who hath first given to Him that it may be paid back to Him again? For from him and through him and to him are all things to him be the glory forever. Amen. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And through his grace given me, I say to everyone among you, do not think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. You may be seated. This endeavor that we're going to take today is a high and holy worship, and I want to give just a little bit of background to take place, just a little bit. I can't unpack all of 11, or we'll never get through the verses we have today. But what we have today is what it means to worship God because of the Scriptures that He's given us. We cannot worship God outside of His Scriptures. And it's through the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells in us, and through the power of the, the riches of Christ, the riches of the God of glory, that Paul breaks out into this doxology. And, and the whole thing that we, we want to look at today, one of the threads is going through what we'll be looking at today. What do you find worth in? Or who do you find worth in? That being said, that's going to be everything about your life. And we need that. We find worth in money. We find worth in job. We find worth in popularity. We find worth in so many things that the world sees it. We run out of it. But we also see that if we're not careful, Paul, what he has given us in the, from chapter 1 to verse 11 uh, is uh, dealing with some uh, very deep theology that he has. And Paul tells us in chapter 1 that he's not ashamed of the gospel. Amen? And that's a flag that, that's a flag that we should have to ourselves. We're not ashamed of the gospel. You don't like so, something in the Bible, well, you need to repent. Because <laughs> you're the one wrong. Amen? And so we see that in Romans chapter 1 through 11. He deals with a lot of stuff right here. But right now, I just want to just jump back into 11. And there's some, there's some mix about what's taking place here. But as we go through here, there may be a, a, 
uh, we want to look at our motivation for what we worship. We want to look at what motivates us to be here today. What motivates us to be here or to be about the Lord's business tomorrow in the rest of the week? What do we find worth in is going to be our motivation toward that worth. And that, I, I tell you, that's just so strong in the sense of uh, it is uh, just so telling on us. I mean, how many of us watched TV last night and have no worth of the Bible in our lives? Not that TV's wrong. How many of us just chased down the worldly things of this world last week, which we found worth in? If we didn't find to have worth in it, we wouldn't have chased it down. Do you, do you see the mercy of God here? He has given us grace. He has given us a heart that now pumps for him, and not because John Henry is smart. Or not because John Henry is dumber than a barrel of rocks. It is by grace. It is by grace. Get that. And you don't need to uh, uh, beat the brother up as either if you find your qualification. Well, God elected me here because I'm such and such. No, that's not grace. I could tell you there is an election that God has. If you don't like the doctrine of election, you just need to repent. It's simple. Our theology should bring forth doxology. Because this is what's happening here. This is what, what's happening with Paul when the Jews are coming back to a place that uh, they were exiled and now they're coming back. Paul's writing from Corinth to the, the Roman churches in house churches in Rome and they got the Roman empire all around them. They got the Roman influence all around them. Now they have Gentile believers coming in with their presuppositions on how they think things ought to be. And then you have the people that have been cursing their eyes and slumber and everything about them because of their sin. The Gentiles came in and now they're coming with their presuppositions. Amen? You think about that. Every one of us entered this building with our own way of thinking. And all these words that I'm going to be giving out here in just a minute, you can say you believe in predestination, but you can have the wrong definition to it. You can say that you believe in the doctrine of election, but you may have the wrong definition to it. Amen? That is the power of God's Word, and we don't get to touch that. But listen what Paul says. Paul says, don't be so conceited in yourself. And he's bringing this in right here. Just in chapter 11, he's, he's got some people that the, the, church, the house churches are just all messed up. Everybody's trying to do their own way of doing things. And like me, the Gentile came in and thought it was like this. And the Jews came back and thought the new life in Christ was about works or just strictly bloodline or we belong to a Baptist church. They didn't say that back then, but you could put whatever name you want to put there. Or we're Reformed Baptist. That's not going to get you in glory. 
Because if we're not careful, we're going to worship our theology. Oh, my. Oh, my. How, how that can easily happen so much today and even done by some. And I think all of us may even have our time in that until we realize by the grace of God, hey, that's wrong. I don't love God because he's given me an understanding of theology. I love God because he changed my heart. He, I was a God, hey, remember? Did you notice, though, when Paul's talking about this, going on back a little further in chapter 1, after he says that I'm not ashamed of the gospel, he digs straight into how dead man truly is, dead in sin. He's not ashamed of it, but he can't stay there. It's the bad news that makes the good news so good. And I don't, I'm not in a hurry today, but I, I just, I, I want to do, most of all what I want to do, I want to handle the text as it is, with an excitement, with exhortation, with the imperatives, with a heart that Paul has here. These people in Rome may not have all their theology all in a line. Paul doesn't beat them in the head. Paul doesn't look down his spiritual nose at them because they don't understand all the ins and outs of election, soteriology. I mean, the list goes on. All the theology that's there. But I'm going to tell you something about Paul. After he wrote... These 11 chapters of theology, where we get most of our systematic theology out of, you can see the motivation of his heart. And he, you know what he says? He says, you know, it's really, it's really not about you. <laughs> That's good news today, because it's not about me and you. We're in it. Praise God, we're in it. But all of it's been about him and his glory and his grace that he has bestowed upon us. And you see Paul's heart right here when he says, Oh, the depth of the riches of both the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. Have you ever got there have you ever really got to the point of asking yourself this very question he's saying listen jews listen a true jew is one that is circumcised without hands right god has chosen the people out of the ethnic group of israel the jews yes he has right but not all the jews will be saved not all the Gentiles, Gentiles will be saved, but those who trust in the Lord by his grace, I want us to smell the aroma of what's taking place because of this theology that's been given to us now. Oh, worship the king and all that he is. Amen? This is the God of glory that we're talking about. And, and really, if you have a problem with something that I said, I may be wrong. I don't think so, but I may be wrong. But if I am, I need to repent. But if you don't like what's going to be said here from here on out, the rest of the day you probably need to repent yourself we don't worship theology we don't worship the bible we worship the god 
that comes out of the Bible. I wish I could make smoke. No, I don't, but <laughs> no, no, take that back. Smoke just trembled here, you know, it's coming out of the Bible in the sense of the aroma of worship is what I'm getting at. That was kind of <laughs> the aroma of worship. That's what we want to smell today, amen? You may not be able to see it, but you should be able to smell it. Why? Because the theology brings forth doxology. Theology brings it all together, and it's all about him, folks. It's all about him. Who is it about? It's about him. It's about you and your spiritual service unto him. It's about worshiping the king of glory because he did something for you and to you. It's about him. It's about you finding worth. Oh, my. Finding worth. Not self-worth. We belong to the king. Don't forget that. If God be for you, who could be against you? We know the answer to that. No one. The world against us, Yes. But what is it that you find worth in? Look at that this past week. What is it that I found worth in? What is it that I worked at? What is it that I chased down? What is it that I said, no, I don't want to believe that. So I'm going to make it my worth over here not to believe that. It's kind of messed up. The Scripture says, how much, did we, how much were we in Scripture this week? It's kind of, kind of like this right here. The reason why we don't read the Bible is because we don't want to. Because we find no worth in it. The reason why we don't come to church is because we don't want to. Because we find no worth in it. The reason why we don't do a lot of things is because we don't find any worth in doing them. Amen? That's the whole power of God uh, upon our lives is us finding worth in him. And then when you open up this Bible, not just one page and not just this scripture that we have today, but when you open up the Bible, right, smell it. Smell it. Worship should cause you to come out of this. Amen? It could, should cause you to worship him. Why? Because the Bible is true and it's settled. And then you would be able to say, as we look at our motivation for worship, is for his glory. As a lover of Jesus Christ, as being changed by the power of God, you have a new motive. God knows our motive. Oh, how that should really tremble some of us, and not, if not all of us. God knows my heart. Are you okay with that? I would be afraid of that. God does know my heart, and it's not perfectly lined up even yet today. And I'm not happy with it either. May I send that grace may abound? Oh, God forbid. God forbid. So what is it that... What is worship? It's expressing devotion, reverence, and adoration toward the God of the Bible. Not just today, but every day of your life. 
And that's what Paul's going to be bringing out here. But I'm going to tell you, he, what he's tell, telling the Jews, stop that, right? He's telling the Jews and the, and the Gentiles and the Roman churches that he hasn't gone to yet, right? He says, stop that. It's about God and his, uh, he elects and his election when he uh, has elected from before the foundation of the world. If you don't like that, repent. It's written. It's his word. It's not yours. And he says, I will have mercy upon whom I will have mercy. But I want you to notice something. I want to read, read this because I want you to notice something at the end of verse uh, 33. You see that exclamation point? That means the reader understands there's some excitement in here. Amen? And then that's the whole picture. Oh, the depth of the riches of both the wisdom and the knowledge of God. See that? Uh, exclamation mark, right? Oh, the wisdom, the depth of the riches of both and the knowledge of, the, uh, of God and how unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. That's done with an excitement. Amen? And you can't just conjure this stuff up. You see it in the Scripture. And if you were Paul and if you were reading Paul's Word and you have read Romans 1 through 11, it would get you here too. Oh, the depth of the power on the omnipotence of the almighty God. He chooses whom he chooses. Don't like that word? We'll repent. I'm not being uh, snotty about it. Hey, these, these are brothers and sisters in Christ that didn't understand all this, right? And we don't have it all completely understand either. So remember, don't think too highly of yourself because God didn't choose you because you were smart. He chose you because he chose you. Oh, the depth. Oh, the depth of the riches of both the wisdom and knowledge of God. Hey, aren't you glad you can't figure them out? Because if he was to figure them out in his love, his mercy, and his grace, and why he would save a worm like Wesley Stevens, right? If you could figure them out, what you'd do, you'd figure them out, put them on a shelf. And that's just mere religion. But if you got to, we have to, we have to, we have to see this worth that is worth finding. Is worshiping the God and all that he is. What is our motivation of worship? If it's anything other than giving God the glory for the mercies that you have received this past week, forgiveness that you have received this past week, from the breath that you've received this past week, for whatever it was that got you through this past week, even the protection of this past week. He did it. He did it. And it's all about him. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were created by Him. Without Him was not nothing that was created. That was created, amen? What is He saying? Because He's God. He is the beginning of all things. May we remember that. This is the God of glory. He gave us the written Word of God. All the depth and riches of both the wisdom and the knowledge of God. Would you make the world this way? No, you wouldn't make a religion. <laughs> Amen? You make a religion, then you would see the religion that he destroys in the written word of God. Why? Because religion's not going to get you there. Do you love him? 
Can you actually say, oh, the depth? Can you say that to your heart right now? Oh, the depth of the riches, the riches of God. Oh, the depth, you can't see the bottom of it. Oh, the height that you can't see the top of it. Oh, the width, you can't see if that end or that end. Oh, this is the God of glory, right, that you can't figure it out or put him in a box. Amen. That's good stuff. It is a love worth finding. And it's for us to not to be ashamed of when it comes to Romans 1 through 3. Amen. So we see with the power of God, what is it? So he gets to these questions right here. After coming down, now Paul breaks forth in doxology in this letter. You see it right here. He, he, he's worshiping God. Why? Because he, he wrote what he wrote in chapters 1 through 11. He, he knows the power of God. He knows that God is omnipotent, controlling all things, right? He knows that God is the glory. God gets the glory. God is the one driving the bus, amen? We are not driving the bus, but we see that the worth of God is written in the Scripture that, oh, my, oh, my, have you looked at the Scriptures? Have you read the Scripture? Have you read the Scripture? Have you chewed it? Have you swallowed it? Have you eaten it? Have you meditated on it this week? Have you meditated on any of his word? And if you have, he'll start showing you the riches of his wisdom in the knowledge of God. Then he asked the ones that believed themselves to be Theology worshipers, he asked them, for who has known the mind of the Lord or who has become his counselor or who has first given to him that it might be recompensed to him again? Now, these are rhetorical statements. It's so obvious the answer is, is that he doesn't feel like he needs to write it down in ink. It's so obvious. No one who has known the mind of the Lord or who has become his counselor, no one. Or who has first given to him, then it might be paid back to him again. No one. But sometimes we act like that. Lord, I gave you this. You need to give me that. Sometimes we act like that. God, you owe me. Oh, may it never be. I think that this, that's, can be, that's why he brought it up. There's people that's acting like that. Well, the Lord owes me. He doesn't owe the Gentiles. Praise God, he, he, he has a, a, a church full of all kinds. And we see the real motivation who we worship right here, verse 36. And Paul is excited. Paul is I would say if he was here, his voice would be extended higher. When he would uh, say this text, when he was writing this text, I bet you he was screaming through his fingers. Right? What was he saying? For from him and through him and to him are all things, and to him be the glory. From him, through him, and to him are all things, not some things, but all things. From him, he is the beginning of everything. Through him and through the blood of Christ, through him he is our sustainer. Through him he is the one that uh, keeps us together today. Hey, aren't you glad you had gravity today? 
because we didn't have gravity today, we wouldn't be here. <laughs> That's good stuff. But look, we see the eternal source. He's the source of all things, and that's why I gave you John 1. He's the source of all things. Is your God that you worship the source of all things? I mean, he's the source of theology. He's the source of doxology. Because of this source, you're able to worship, and this source of uh, worshiping him and all that he is, he's worth finding out. I want to just give you a little snapshot in this point before I go any further. You remember how hard in your unconverted life you ran after what you ran after? You ran after what you found worth in. And you ran after it very hard. How much more? How much more should we be running after him. We owe him everything. We owe him everything. Everything. And I mean everything because he is the beginning. And through him, things have been sustained to this point. He gives all things life Global warming is a joke. That's all I'm going to say about that. It's by the power of God. There's nothing out of control of the Almighty God. Amen. This is the God that we serve. We need to really chew this. We need to bring it into our very soul. We need to really believe this versus saying, I believe this. A lot of people believe the Bible is set right beside it all week. Don't find enough worth in the Bible to open it. How much more should we be about his business? For from him and through him and to him are all things. And everything had its beginning and everything from in between the beginning and the end will be before him. It will all end in him. There will be a day that every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. There is the end of the beginning. This is the God that we serve. This is the God. This is the God that you serve if you say you're Christian. This is the God that you need to understand what theology is about and dig into it. Uh, uh, we, we have so many words that we, we can throw out here, but I'm going to tell you, it's, it's a, a, a motivation of worshiping for his glory. Why? Because it's that theology that brings us over here to doxology and all that he is. It doesn't stop there. They didn't have chapter breaks. Amen? They didn't have chapter breaks. They didn't have a chapter 12. And so we're going to continue on as there wasn't that number there, number 12. We're going to look at this scripture where it says, therefore... Chapter 1 of 12, so we can find our place. Could you imagine all of us <laughs> trying to pull that scroll stri- out there to find your place? But listen, it says, therefore, therefore, what's that therefore, therefore? Therefore, and I'm going to stop right here for just a minute, but therefore goes back to chapter 11. Therefore goes back to that doxology that Paul through theology, found worth in worshiping the God of glory that given him the, these words. He says, therefore, 
Therefore, all the way to chapter 1 and all the way to chapter 11, he says, therefore, he is now moving to the indicative to the imperative. He is now moving from instruction to the application, from doctrine to duty. Oh, man, we love doctrine. We're doctor people. We're doctor people. Do you know there's another side to doctrine? It's called application. It's called duty. We are to do what we know. And the Holy Spirit of truth dwells in us. He's not let us get away with it. But we are to do these things. Don't think of yourself so highly. You need God. I need God. We all need God. So why do we worship? Because we find worth in him. This needs to set home with Wesley. This needs to set home with all of us. This bridge is wonderful. It brings us over from the mind, from the mind to, to the heart, to the hands, to the feet. It brings our beliefs into our behavior. It brings sound doctrine into sound Christian living. That's why you should not turn your nose up at theology. But you also shall not worship theology. By this theology, it's a natural move to, to, to worship him. Because the Proverbs tells us the way a man thinks, so is he. Paul cuts, cuts out all room for boasting. Why? Because God's great plan of salvation is unfolded throughout the ages displayed in his sovereign grace, in his sovereign grace, in his sovereign grace. Both to the Jew and Gentile. He said, put that stuff away, man, y'all wasting time. You're not, you're not getting chapter one. God had to choose us. It's not a cuss word. And if you want to use, go a step further, you, you could say select. Some people really get hairy on that. Well, again, I would say repent because the Bible is clear on some things. Now, you will not be able to stand before God and say, hey, I don't, uh, I don't, uh, I don't agree how you did it. You won't be able to do that. You will melt like a wax figurine, and your beginning of his wrath starts. So what do you worship? What do you find worthy of your time, of your money, of your effort, and all that you are? What do you find worthy? He is worthy. I'm going to read this one scripture, and it's in 1 Corinthians 1, 12 through 31 or 25 to 31. Listen to this. We was talking about the wise man. He said, Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For consider your column, brethren, that there are not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things that are strong. And the abased of the world to be 
and the despised, God has chosen the things that are not, so that you may nullify, he may nullify the things that are, so that no man may boast before God. But by doing, by his doing, we are in Christ Jesus, who become to us, who became to us the wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that it is written, let him that boast, boast in the Lord. Because you know, if you're left to yourself in this, if you're left to yourself about worship, oh man, God, God ought to be pleased I'm even here today if you're not careful. He ought, he ought to be off my back the rest of the week. I at least gave him one day. No, he wants it all. He don't want one day from you. He owns everything. What are you going to give God? What are you going to give the God that owns everything? Our motivation is from and for his glory. Our motivations are from his mercies. Now, let's dig into that just a minute. Short minute. Story about <laughs> Therefore, I urge you. Now, I want you to think about what Paul means when he's urging. You know what he's doing? He's putting his arm around somebody. He's putting his arm around the church, the house churches in Rome. He's putting his arm around us. He's putting his arm around us and says, listen, I plead with you. If there's something in the Bible you don't like, I plead with you to repent. You may not understand it, but if you hate that scripture, when I was a free willy, I did not like Paul. There's other chapters I wouldn't even go to. You know why? Because they address me being able not to unadopt myself. To, I mean, causing myself to be unadopted. Impossible. God's in charge. But the evidence is coming. Our motivation is the worship is, is from his mercies. He says, I urge you, uh, I plead with you, come alongside with you. Stop what you're doing. Find worth in him and him alone. Stop what you're doing by chasing all this stupid stuff down in your life. There's nothing but a waste of time. But you need to address you and not everybody around you. If they can't hear you because all they hear is theology, 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 and they can't see any kind of worship or anything anything else, you're killing it for them, man. You're beating them in the head. They're lying to dead. They're not going to be resurrected from your, from your, I am Mr. Theology. Now, I'm not saying don't study it. Don't, I'm not dumbing it down. I'm trying to kill the pride that comes up in man that we... Got it all figured out. I'm trying to kill the pride in the man that says, I will not figure it out and will not look to figure it out. I'm trying to kill that, and I think that's what Paul's doing. And he's talking to brethren. Who is that? He's talking to the believers, Jews and Gentiles, by the mercies of God, empowerment by the mercies of God. Did you hear that? Did you catch that? 
It is by God's mercy that we are motivated to do anything in his direction. Amen. We, it's by God's mercy that he shows us that it, this, this mercy, this undeserving grace, this undeserving kindness of God should melt our heart today. We should want to worship him. Man, God is so good to me and you. He is so good to put up with us. He is so good, but I want you to see the strength that's coming in theology here. The strength that's coming in the mercies of God. It says the mercies of God, the mercies given in chapters 1 through 11. This mercy is what's given to start. We see it starts here in Romans chapter 5, really, but not in historical, chronological order. But in this way right here, it's the love of God to shed abroad in our hearts. Do you love him? Did you, do you love him? Because that's going to tell everything about you and what your motives are. If your motives is to adore him, worship him, and just be in awe of him, man, the world's going to know it, and you don't even have to tell him you're a Christian. They know, man, this guy's he's straight laced. He loves the Lord. Wouldn't you, your deathbed of anything that you would be in this entire life, would you be able to say that this brother loved the Lord? Because that should be the only thing important to us in the things that God has given us, of course. But this mercy is, is given a strength in grace, in forgiveness, adoption, the power of the Holy Spirit, peace, faith, comfort, power, hope, patient, kindness. And, and, and you know, we, we think about that and we love that, right? We, we see that strength is forming and is woven all through the Bible. You can't break it, right? But wait, there's more. You see here with the effectual calling, the reconciliation, justification, sanctification, glorification, redemption, foreknowledge, predestination, the election of the Almighty God pulls in here, and you got a rope that can't be broken. Why? Because God is in charge of the strength. Amen? By the mercies of God, we're able to go out. By the mercies of God, we, we know that we're more than conquerors. By the mercy of God, therefore... There go I. Isn't that wonderful? Do you smell it? Smell what we should be worshiping? Is God himself and all these words that we may not understand. The Bible puts it plain that, one, we're not the center of the world God is. Two, where your treasure is, what will be there with it? Your heart. Romans 6 said you can't serve two. Romans 6 gives the proof of the pudding. Paul's saying to these people here, don't be conformed to the world. Don't be uh, 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 captivated by the world. Don't be uh, isolated from the world, be insulated from the world, but not isolated from the world. Amen. We, that's how we're going to get out there. How we're going to make much of our God. That's our desire. That's why we worship. When we worship, we go out and, and tell people about the Lord. Why? Not because we have to, because we want to. Our have to thing has been put away. Our want to is what we're, our driving force now. I mean, the one who, Knows him is the one who trusts him, the one who trusts him, the one who obeys him, the one who obeys him is the one who worships him. Isn't that wonderful stuff? 
This is the glory of God that we have. This is our spiritual service. But let me back up. An acceptable unto God. As in the Old Testament, we had those sacrifices that were done. They wasn't done sloppy. They had to be acceptable. God gave a layout of it. Right? He gives us a layout of our life. It should be holy and acceptable unto God. What does that look like? That means what God loves, you should love. And by understanding that, God hates sin. You should hate sin. God loves righteousness in his people. You should love God in his people. God loves to be worshipped. We should be worshipers. We see also what's a good, pleasing sacrifice. Listen to this. It's in Hebrews 13. Right? Listen to this. It says, Through him, then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of the lips in giving thanks to his name. Do not neglect the doing, uh, neglect doing good and sharing, for with such sacrifices pleases God. He's already pleased in Christ. You know that, right? It's done. It's finished. Or he wasn't being resurrected or ascension, or the ascension of it. But he's satisfied. But to us, we are to live a life of sacrificial giving and worship. Desiring the good conduct of yourselves and honoring him in all things. That means not just what is exposed, but what you're thinking about. We rarely go there. We rarely go there. But the old sacrifices had to be done right. The new sacrifice, those that worship God must worship in spirit and truth. Right? We like the spirit part, but we don't care for the truth part. The truth is what we need. It's going to tell us the truth about ourselves that tells us that the Bible says this right here. It's calling me that. What do I do with that? Well, you don't think too highly of yourself that you miss God. Because he didn't need you. and He didn't need me. But yet... He did place his love on us. Have you gotten over that? May it never be. May we grow in our love for him. May we grow in our hope of him. It says, again, our our motivation. We had our motivation from and for his glory. We had our motivation from his mercies, even the words that you may not like, right? And our motivation is uh, from him. And actually, our motivation is from our heart. Not the blood pumping muscle in there, but our heart, what we're about, what we are consumed with, what we love. Now, this is the time to get real and get uh, to the rubber, where the rubber meets the road. We can say, I'm a Christian all we want to. Does, Does my life really show that? Or do you avoid certain scriptures that you don't have to deal with? then you're making an idol. And so we see that is the power of God. Why do we worship? Because we love him. Why do we worship him? Because we see worth in him. And there's nothing to compare that worth with. Is there? There's nothing there. How, 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 how rich is he? He has all riches, right? How wonderful is he? He's, he's beyond wonderful. Spending time with this God from the heart is a love worth finding. And I know who that, that saying is not mine, and nothing original starts here. 
But we do know this. The reason why we worship God is because we want to. Let me do this last part right here. It says, do not be. This is the negative imperative. This is a command. Paul's not saying it with a hammer. He's saying it with his arm still around you. Don't, don't be conformed. Don't be formed by the world. Don't let the world tell you what's wrong and right. right? Don't let the world... Uh, con means with, and this fallen system means the, the form of the fallen system that we have. Don't let Rome tell you how to act. Let God's Word tell you how to act in His Word alone. And be willing to hear what God has to say to us that you may prove. We see that proven character in Romans chapter 5. A proven character it says something about your character, who you are. Are you proving your character, who you are to him? And may the world see it. From the moves from the inside, from the outside. If it's just an inside, something's broken. If it's just on the outside, we know it's broke. Because God knows everything about us. Be transformed, meaning change, meaning we think above and beyond what the world thinks. We're, the world's down here thinking all this, I ain't going to give a word to any of it, thinking about all this evil, but we think above that. We're on this plane, amen. We're up here thinking about the things of the Lord, right? We don't step down to think the world's thoughts. Our thinking comes from his word. Why? Well, it says here, be transformed, be changed by God's word, by the renewing of your mind, then it may prove your character. And that character will be shown in everything that you say and do. So what does the scripture mean to us today? It means one thing, we shall not think highly, more highly of ourselves. We shall think this right here, man, I'm a child of the king. I belong to the king. Why? Because. What manner of love is this that he would love somebody like me and you? What man? Have you got past that? I hope not. Because we need to get up every morning, look right in the mirror and say, what manner of love of God? Why would he love me? We know the answer. We already had it. For his glory alone sola dea gloria alone so what is it that you find worth in i pray that it's him maybe you came in beat up like these people here that paul's trying to encourage them to understand it's not by anything that you did but everything that he did that you release all that and give it to to the lord maybe you came in mad well have you repented Maybe you come in that, maybe you get God off your back if you come to worship today. We'll profit you nothing if you know, know anything that was said today. James tells us, do not just be hearers of the word, but doers. But that's all driven from a heart that loves God. I hope the Lord to, to bless you. I hope you fight the good fight of faith. That I ran out of time, so I'm not going to continue belabored this right here but i've tried to close out right now that living sacrifice has to be put back on the altar all the time dead one stays there burns up living sacrifice when self gets in the way falls off it leaves 
doesn't just fall off. It leaves. We don't get to blame anybody but us. When we get our focus on everything but him, that's when we, no, I want this back. I'll get off the altar now. I want my way. I'll get off the altar now. I want to worship you my way, not what the world says. So maybe a church may say, I want to do it my way. Oh, I just took myself back off the altar again. Are you putting yourself on the altar or taking yourself off? A renewed mind, seek that which is good. A renewed mind, seek what is acceptable unto God. A renewed mind seeks to do the will of God. Let us pray. Father, we know that there's so much more in the Scripture. But I pray that you have given us, Lord, exactly what we need at this time, knowing that, that it goes so much deeper than it really is that we touched on today. Lord, we, may we recognize what we find worth in our lives today. And if it be something else, Lord, we pray that you would grant forgiveness and mercy and grace and say to us, Lord, we belong to you. Lord, help us, because we want to worship you, Lord. You made us to worship you. But help us to get self out of the way. Help us to see clearly all that you are that would cause our theology to break forth in doxology, that we may worship the King in beauty and truth. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, prep.